0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we enjoyed voting the other day for the first time as a member of the GOP, even if basically everyone we voted for lost. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm basically the black widow of the elections on Tuesday. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here in my new time slot, 1030 a.m., right after Allison, and right before Nahum's live lunch. Hoping to bring you a little glimpse into the crazy life that I lead. I'm coming to you this morning from the home of the Segal Network on the beautiful Lower East Side. And I say that even though it is dreary out there, I'm joined by Avrami behind the board. What's up, Avram? Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Thank God. You know, Danny got me an incredible cappuccino, so what could be bad? (laughs) Good morning to Danny, who is sitting to my left. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks as always. making this part of your day and a shout out to everyone who is joining me this matzei shabbat at the manhattan sheridan or the sheridan manhattan for the leket israel dinner celebrating the incredible work of their ceo joseph gitler and the unbelievable work of the youngins at alpha epsilon pi fraternity um it's really quite unimaginable that when these guys are in their low 20s, they have accomplished what they have accomplished and what they have done on behalf of Lekhet. And on the flip side, Joseph, who just turned 40, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to making fun of that Saturday night, um, has also made unbelievable strides in the fight against hunger in Israel. So I'm humbled to be a part of that organization and to have been invited to MC the event Saturday night. And I look forward to seeing everyone there. Please follow us on Twitter, Nahum Net, all one word, and Miriam L. Wallach, all one word as well. Let's do a fortune cookie. Let's do a fortune cookie because we haven't done that in a while and I don't want people to think that just because we are in our new sprint format doesn't mean that we can't be doing fortune cookies. All right, here we go. Stay in touch above all with your family. Well, if that isn't Musser, I don't know what is. Um, today is the International Day for for pre- for preventing the exploitation of the environment in war and armed conflict. Gazuntite is all I can say for something like that. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Um, but uh, Rami, what do you think it means? Uh, well, um, we've been doing it for uh, for years, right? When we go to war, we have to make sure that uh, we don't damage the trees and whatever else. So this is the thing the Torah has been doing. Uh, since uh, any of this came about. That's beautiful. That's right. That's beautiful. That is that a bit of Torah also for today. I don't have time Why not? In a th- I don't <laughs> have a ter- time in a thirty minute show to be able to <laughs> Sorry, uh, my bad. to include that as well. Um, but I appreciate I appreciate the sentiment. I am just uh yeah. Okay. It's also National Men Make Dinner Day. Fantastic. By the way, you must cook. There are rules for this. You must cook. It is a uh it is a no barbecue allowed. Kind of a uh, kind of a day I mean, you know how to dial that? Oh, yeah. yeah, it is. is. 011972. Thank you. I appreciate that. I thought that they were calling it I apologize. Um, National Men make dinner day. Also it is National Nachos Day, which I have to tell you for my kids is every single day of their lives. <laughs> Danny's like, right, Nachos aren't a food group. That's amazing. Yes, National Nachos Day is also today. and saxophone day is today as well, which is also very exciting. Danny, were you aware of the are you aware of the famous segment with um Bill Clinton when he was running for president when he was play- when he played saxophone on Arsenio Hall? You don't even know what I'm saying, do you? <laughs> do you know that Bill Clinton was president of the United States? Okay, okay, okay. That's good. That's good. Do you know that he was a saxophone player? Okay. No do I want you to what? I can hear you. But uh Danny, you know, this is what happens when you have somebody who's in his low 20s <laughs> and you're trying to make some kind of a reference to uh, pop culture or whatever and uh, that doesn't come up meanwhile we are getting the sports rabbi on the line as we speak and rummy is trying to connect with him are we having are we having trouble over there you're right? you're getting hold music all right well josh halkman the sports rabbi is going to join us any minute um because there's a crazy story that's going around and, um, and I say it's a crazy story because, frankly, you wouldn't imagine that a former Microsoft of CEO turned owner of the L.A. Clippers, who could practically buy absolutely anything he wants, including an island, would still want to be bar mitzvahed. But that's the story that's coming out about Steve Ballmer. And so I uh, asked the, uh, the sports rabbi himself, Josh Halleckman, to join me on the air this morning to talk about it. Good morning, Rabbi
1: how are you doing, Miriam? What's going on?
0: Thank God. Everything is good. I appreciate it. I'm sorry for the little phone confusion this morning. So here's, the, so here's the story. We have a guy like Steve Ballmer who could buy and sell you and me and the enterprises that we work for and um, has more money possibly in his right pocket than I have in my checking account nothing personal to anybody in charge of my checking account, <laughs> and uh, still he wants to lay in the Haftorah. What is going on? What is it about a bar mitzvah that a man like this of such prestige and such wealth still wants to be a part of that rite of passage?
1: It, it is quite amazing. When you have somebody of this stature that publicly goes up and says, I want to have a bar mitzvah, and it's a, it's a state of accomplishment. It's a, it's a landmark occasion it's something that uh, obviously you know every Jewish uh, man should have the opportunity to have them and every Jewish woman should have an opportunity to have a butt mix mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's a great opportunity it, it's a great opportunity and it's something that obviously he wants to take with both of his hands even though he has he can only you know if he can honor arms you think you said he wants to be able to know that he accomplished something on his bucket list and clear about them it's uh, it's an it's a massive accomplishment for somebody of that age to say, "Hey, you know what? This is something that I want to do. I want to learn Hebrew. I want to be able to read the Haftorah. I want to be able to celebrate a land- landmark, milestone event in my life, um, and be able to publicly say that is only uh, something that is a light onto the nations. It's a kedusha Hashem. Jewish or not Jewish, and we're not going to get into that the whole <laughs> halachic aspect. But right. looking at it, it's a massive kedusha Hashem that here is a man that says." I want to have a bar one. So it's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, amazing thing,
0: Marin. It's funny because I was also taken aback by the fact that he announced this at a Wall Street Journal conference. I mean, it wasn't like an offhanded remark that somebody from People Magazine caught him, you know, as he's uh, getting his bags at LAX, and somebody goes, "Hey, uh, you know, Steve, what do you got on your bucket list?" And so he just threw that out to be funny. Like he, this was a formal presentation. He was being formally interviewed in a setting where very serious people were going to be, and it was going to be covered by the press. And and he meant mm-hmm. it wholeheartedly. And so in terms of like his vision for his life, he says that he doesn't want to look back. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to, um, uh, to you know, continue to re-examine the life that he's already lived, but he wants to look forward to the future. And so there was something about his inclusion in this, that, and especially in the location in which it took place, that I found just astounding.
1: Listen, we both are well aware of the business world and are part of the business world each and every day. And when business executives, especially the likes of Steve Ballmer, gets up in front of a important crowd and an important setting with obviously an important event and says that there is a message that he's trying to give to everybody and it could be a message to the Jews, it could be a message to the whole world that we have. everybody has to take a step back everybody has to take a look at their life and they have to take a look at what the values and core principles that they have in their life and I think that's what he was getting at and obviously that is something personal milestone and a personal, something extremely personal and dear to him that he wants to do. And all he does he want to do, he wants to advertise the fact that each and every one of you in this room that may be looking to earn the top dollar, the dog-eat-dog dog world, working 24-7 or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. that you each and every one of you has to take a moment out of your life to look at something important and maybe turn towards religion. In this case, Steve Rahmer wants to have a bar mitzvah and to say, you know what, this is something that is important and special to there is a certain value that still exists in the original. A lot of people say, ah, yeah, religion that was for, you know, the olden days. That was something that we, we wrote off years ago. But in reality is something that can come back to us and sometimes unfortunately that we kind of brush aside. And I'll give you an example even myself tonight. We had terrible weather this past uh month to Shabbat here in, in Jerusalem. We couldn't do Judah Slavana. Anyways, the day goes on, we say Marv, uh, drop a minion here, get a minion there. Uh, People are, you know, everybody's running one way and this way and that way. And I ran to Marv tonight. I was able to make it to my usual minion, which was a shock, a a thrill shocked at 510. Came a little late, but I was there. And then afterwards, there were two people that said, oh, we have to be careful about it. Tonight's the last night we can do it. And uh, I said, "Oh man, I have to have to, have to be ready for real." And she's going to be calling me at five thirty. I don't know if <laughs> five thirty, of course, is real time. Ten thirty in the morning, your time. Right. Uh, how am I going to be able to do this? And so I said, "Well, hold on, Josh. It's five twenty. You haven't done traditional yet. Take a step back. Right. Just wait a second here. Go outside with the two other gentlemen. With three, actually, three other gentlemen, and uh, take out your sitter. In my case, I had my." Uh, my cell phone that I had all <laughs> the on, and there it was, and we spent a few solid quality minutes together, uh, just the four of us, three, four of us, just doing Kidders Savannah, and, and reflecting on a moment of what God has given us. And I think that is, this is exactly the point that Steve Baum is, is making here, how much he's worth, and how much he's obviously made millions and been part of one of the most successful companies in the whole world. And in front everybody, he says, you know what, folks? We got to take a deep breath and step back and look at what's really important to us, Miriam.
0: That's you know that's really it happens to be very good, Musser, in general, and I agree that it coming from a man like Steve Ballmer um, is is that much more important. But here's here are the cynics out there who are wondering whether or not um, this is just part of an overall trend of Judaism being cool. And I'm not saying that I believe this because, frankly, there is still the liberal Democrat outlook in me that says, no, people are embracing, people are are, are not mocking, people are appreciating their heritage, et cetera, et cetera. But I promise you we're going to get off the air and I'm going to get emails from people making it very clear to me, and they may not be wrong, But I'm hoping that they're wrong, but they're going to be making it very clear to me that this is besides the fact this is not something that we should applaud because of, you know, the religious aspects of it. But more than that, that because so many celebrities and so many people of note who have decided that they are going to partake in different kinds of Jewish exercises, um, or rites of passage, or take a Jewish name, or take a Hebrew name, or become Kabbalah experts, um, You know th- that this is becoming just something that is trending. And therefore, we have to be very careful of applauding these kinds of commitments, or seeming commitments, to religious rites of passage, or religious behaviors, because frankly, they may not be all that they seem.
1: I'm sure you're going to get some emails. Do not give up my email address. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be getting the same emails as well. But I think that we have to take a look at the world at large and, and where we live and what society tells us. And, you know, sometimes you can look at people and celebrities that run off to a Kabbalah Center and change the name to perhaps Esther and run here and run there and want to do different things. And on one hand, you know, that that is good. And there's something nice about that. But I think that you have to also examine who the person is, what the core values of this person has, and look at what else is in that presentation. And I think we have to be careful how we judge people. We shouldn't judge people. We have to be the ones We have to say, we have to be above that and say, you know what, if this is something that he wants to do, and it's coming to somebody of this stature, we have to give him the the benefit of the doubt that he is doing something for Kiddush Hashem, the Shem Shemim. He didn't say, I'm going to start going to the Kabbalah Center. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I'm going to be renting a yacht to have my bar Mitzvah. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to rent out the Staples Center, which I don't even think he has to rent out at this point. <laughs> <to have> this <laughs> I think he party. has it in. We know that there are plenty of Orthodox people that rent out Madison Square Garden <laughs> and true. make it into this massive rite of passage. Right. Is that correct? Is that the way we should be looking at it? I think the way that he said it, there was some smut in it. There was some real smut in the way it was written and the way it was said. Uh, to whom it was said to, um, I, I, I'm in the camp of, of sitting here and waiting to see if Steve Bob was going to go through it and take it as, as a caduceus shem. So it's all those detractors out there. That's a sports robber's opinion.
0: <laughs> you didn't know the truth of the matter is, I want you to know that. Um, that I completely believe the way you do as well. And when I was reading about this, either on Business Insider or on different websites, and and checking things out, Wall Street Journal or whatever it was, um, you know, they didn't lead with this story. It was only the Jewish outlets that they that picked up, you know, the fact that he is studying Hebrew and that he wants to have his bar mitzvah. And for me, also, and you know, I, I hope that these Jewish outlets, media outlets, were picking it up for the same reason. That you're right, there is this shared pride there is an importance in noting that someone of this stature is saying, I want to be stood up. I want to stand up and be counted. I want to have that moment because he didn't have it as a child and his relationship with Judaism is obviously strained. But if this is his way of coming back, this is his way of connecting, then I'm all for it. And frankly, I, I also, I, you know, I, again, I agree with you. Like, Let's stand up and applaud that. Let's not look at it from a dark side. Let's look at it and say, good for you. Welcome aboard.
1: We have plenty. Miriam, unfortunately, we have plenty of dark sides yeah. as True. well. And there's plenty of scandals in the Jewish world, in the Jewish Orthodox world, that we're hit with bombshells almost uh, every week. And that's bigger than anything of unfortunate. We have to take these are the lights, the lights upon the nation, as I mentioned earlier. These are the things that we have to celebrate and we have to look forward to. And that we should be encouraging each and every person that we may be in contact with that yes, there is something to do with your heritage, something to do with becoming a better person. Even if you're Jewish or even if you're not Jewish or whatever religion you may be in, you can take a step back and say, you know what? We have to give a moment to the Almighty. Agreed. We have to give a moment to a color sparkle, and we have to recognize who our creator is and recognize the fact that we wouldn't be here today without him.
0: Agreed. Everyone can follow Josh Halleckman at, at the Sports rabbi, all one word, at the Sports rabbi on Twitter. Josh Halleckman, as always, I appreciate you joining me on the air, and I look forward to your continued post. There was some funny video you showed the other day.
1: I don't remember which one, which video is that, is I that don't know. attack on the football field? Yeah, I th- if
0: not. I, 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 there were a bunch of there are a bunch of things going on. Frankly, sometimes I wonder if you, wonder if your Facebook page is even more active than mine, if that is all possible. Josh Halickman, <laughs> thanks as always. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Take care, Mir. Shabbat Shalom. Take care, Shabbat Shalom. You're listening to That's Life here on the Noachim Segal Network. And my next guest is an old-time friend I have not spoken to in a good couple of months. Soul Farms C. Landsbaum joins me on the air now. Good morning, C.
2: Good morning, Miriam. How, how are you?
0: How are you, buddy? What's going on?
2: I'm pretty good. The usual, just making a lot of music and,
0: and
2: trying to have fun.
0: That's great. I actually noticed on Facebook you have a number of things going on, and we do want to mention that this weekend is the commemoration of the 20th Yortside of Reb Schlommel Karlbach here, on Nachum Siegel Network, we are having twenty-four hours of Karlbach, starting with um, with Motzei Shabbat and going till about six o'clock on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, including a special Saturday night Siegel and a special uh, J.M. Sunday with Matis, all focusing on Karlbach music and on contributions to the Jewish music industry and the Jewish wow. music world by Reb Shlomo Karlbach. Which is one of the reasons that I invited you on, see, because I would I would credit you with giving me my real introduction to the car to to Karl Bach music
2: wow that's a pretty uh, hefty thing to say well well I'm it's honored.
0: well it's true and i know that you have a number of events going on to celebrate and commemorate that yard as well
2: yes we do we're actually doing something uh Mote Shabbos out of my home which my wife has called the house of love and friendship <laughs> <laughs> and She's we only a good started woman. Because it's our home, we only started letting people know about it like about two days ago. Got it. (laughs) But um, everyone and the world is welcome. And it's Noah and myself, and we'll be playing, uh, obviously, uh, all Shlomo songs.
0: Right. And what's going on November 9th?
2: November 9th is um, in Passaic, and it is... Um,
0: I have it down as the YBH in Passaic, at 270 Passaic Avenue, starting at 2 p.m. Also, I presume, highlighting Karl Bach music, correct?
2: Correct. That's why you get the big bucks. You know what we're doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's because you sent me the email, and thank God I had it open.
2: I depended on you. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. You and I,
0: were a good tag team. See, tell me something, in your opinion, because, again, you are my guru here, and, and I can answer this question for myself, but coming from you, why is it that, that Rob Shlomo's music made such an impact while he was still alive, and yet here, 20 years after his death, we are still celebrating and living that music?
2: Well, he was the real deal. I mean, and that only comes around very, you know, it lo- looks like once in a lifetime for me. Mm. And um, I can't explain how uh, a person could be like that, I mean, he was just a, a genius a teacher and poet, so to speak, you know, it's, it was a, uh, an honor to, and to meet him, and was, uh, his music is incredible, and it touches a, a place in us that uh, seldom people can do, an artist can do, you know, so that's what it is.
0: There's also something beautiful about some of the simplicity of his music. And I don't mean simplicity in a negative way, but I think it was either you or Noah who explained to me that the reason that so much of Reb Shlomo's music has few lyrics or has very, um, you know, has a uh, few words to each song is so that they could become and could be used to attract other people to Yiddishkeit and to inspire others to sing the words of God in a way that was manageable.
2: Yes, well, there's there's a saying that I have: the less you say, the more you remember. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> but he said a lot, and um, he just you know picked something very deep and very profound, and that's what he he wanted to concentrate at the time. So I believe it, if if you keep repeating something, it was just he just wanted everybody to connect, everybody to sing along. He came from this uh, folk tradition of uh, the early '60s, Pete Seeger, where everybody gets involved, and that was his format of what he used to connect with people
0: well, it certainly worked because even twenty years after his passing, we are all still connecting does it Does it surprise you that there are new generations who are turned on to Reb Shlomo's music who still appreciate it for its greatness?
2: no, it actually surprised me when he was alive, and I would mm. be with him that not enough people connected to to what he was doing, so this was no surprise it was it was always the opposite, like, wow, how can not the world be connecting to this? Mm. So it kind of makes sense to me. And um, it's so real that it's, it's timeless. It's classics. They're all... He, he really kind of started this, what I call Hebrew folk music of our time, because before that, you can't say what is, you know, Jewish music. I mean, you go back, it's, you can go to Israel, you, you hear a lot of right. Arabic influences, you know, there's so much, it's so diverse. So this is very much like, this is Hebrew music. He kind of started that.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, it, you're, you're making such a good point. The, the question I'm going to ask you now may be difficult and you may not want to answer it, but do you have a favorite Reb Shlomo song that you like to sing, that you like to perform?
2: Wow. Um, I know,
0: it's like asking you which of your kids is your favorite. I get it. I get it. It's not fun.
2: But, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 but it, I've been asked that question a lot, and it's, it's the song Shochan Ad is because it's the first song I ever heard him. da 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 da, 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 da da so that song—it's the first song I ever heard. So that's what always comes to mind because it—you nice. know—that was my introduction.
0: And he was—he was instrumental in bringing you and Noah together. Am I right?
2: Well, yes, he was instrumental in in completely changing my path because I met him, and all of a sudden things changed. He brought me to Israel, and um, he paid for my way. I was one of those classic stories, you know. I've always been a musician. Um, I was looking for something a little bit more. I was very young, and I was very taken by his teachings and his music, and he asked me if I wanted to go to Israel. He paid for my ticket, brought me to Israel, and then Noah and his family were Shlomo's neighbors, so obviously I connected that way.
0: Right. That's incredible. So he's not only responsible for for being such an important part of your music, but for making Soul Farm what it is.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. He completely changed my life, you know. He actually sat in with Soul Farm, too. So we had that oh, honor wow. one time. We were playing in a in a, in a little bar. Because, you know, when we started out, we were just a plain rock band. We didn't, we, we, we had no Jewish content at that point. Mm. It didn't feel, you know, I didn't grow up that way. I was just mostly a blues, southern rock guitarist. And so two blocks around the corner from the show, there was this club called Blondies that we had started, Noah and I started our band, and, and we were playing there doing a, like a, a weekly, and I invited Shlomo, in, and all the Shul uh, congregants used to come and support. Wow. Because uh, that's the way the show was, and Shlomo came in. And I'm telling you, this was a secular place, and he did his Krakow-Niggin, <sighs> and the whole place went wild.
0: Wow. <laughs> so. What a story.
2: Yeah, and it's almost says I can't believe I never was here before. It was like two blocks away. <laughs> <Miracle>. <laughs> Blondie's Bar and Grill. You know?
0: That's awesome. That's a great story. I want to make mention, by the way, that the uh, very best of Soul Farm, Breslov, Chabad, and Karlbach, is a phenomenal, phenomenal album that you guys had released. And uh, we'll be closing today's show with uh, Mayim Rabim off of that album. It's really a wonderful compilation.
2: Thank you so much. It's, it is... Uh it was It was a, a real pleasure putting that together because it kind of like looking like a lot of through a lot of photos. We're obviously always working on new stuff we're we're actually working on on researching some classic Hebrew songs we're always trying to grow but but putting that album together was a real pleasure because I said, oh, wow, this is pretty good, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. In I, all
2: humility. <laughs> right.
0: No, I would say that's a hashtag understatement of the century, that, yeah, this just happens to be good. I also want to make mention that your annual uh, December 24th concert at the Highline Ballroom is taking place this year. It is at 8 p.m. 431 West 16th Street, and that's at the Highline, and tickets are available, and acts include Zusha. You made sure to uh, to mention to me that they'll be joining you this year.
2: That's right. We're very, you know, they're, they're, this is a new band and we're very proud of them. And uh, I'm looking forward to connecting with them and learning what they're about. And uh, we're, we're putting this bill together that uh, should be very exciting.
0: Well, certainly sounds exciting to me. And actually, Stephen and I already discussed buying our tickets and making sure that we're there. So we look forward to seeing you hopefully that night.
2: Oh, uh, Thank you. Uh, once again, we're inviting the world to that. We need everybody to come out.
0: You got it. Well, it. in support in support of Soul Farm is in support of anything that we do here at the Nachum Siegel Network. See Lansbaum, as always, a pleasure having you aboard.
2: Thank you so much, Miriam, and uh, I'll talk to you soon.
0: You got it. Take care. Okay. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and we will be pulling up Mayim Rabim again off of the very best of Soul Farm. Um, up in the background, there you are. Thank you, Avrami. My thanks to my guests today, Josh Halkman, and to C. Lansbaum. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what not to miss. We have a full afternoon of programming. The live lunch starts in just a few minutes from 11 to 1. And then today at 1 p.m., as you heard this morning on JM and AM, Mark Zomik hosts today's stunt show. Mark is joined by David Schaeffitz. Uh, or, yeah, I think Schefitz, who talks about his experience as a childhood victim of abuse at summer camp, as well as his mission as an adult to ensure it doesn't happen to anyone else. They also talk about other more famous incidents of abuse in the greater Jewish community and how they fit together. That's today at 1 p.m. on the stream and on your app. And after that, On Demand. And then tonight, with the post-election roundup, it's spin class with Michael Fregan at 6 p.m. There were plenty of surprises this week. Don't miss Michael's analysis of where this country is heading. Tomorrow morning, Nahum hosts J.M.A.M. from 6 to 9 a.m. Then, uh, starting at 9 a.m., right after J.M.A.M. is Naomi and table for two. This week, on table for two, it's a men's lineup of amazing chefs. Naomi's guests include Kitchen Surfing Kosher director Yuda Schloss, along with one of his super talented chefs Eric Boyard, and restaurateur Avi Roth, who owns Gotham Burger, and then Sunday morning, J.M. Sunday again with a full. Oh, I should mention. I'm sorry, if Rummy Saturday Night Siegel, correct, starts our car with a full Karl Bach lineup as as part of our 24 hours of Carl Bach, including J.M. Sunday from seven to nine with Montes, also with Karl Bach selections. Bye. I leave you with Mayim Rabim coming up again in the background. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.